Welcome to Bees and Blessing. Today's episode, How We Homeschool Frugally. Welcome to Bees and Blessing, where I share tips, stories, and encouragement for homeschooling, homemaking, and home life. You can have a thriving homeschool, a maintained home, and hobbies that you enjoy without feeling overwhelmed and overscheduled. It's not about getting everything done, but about doing everything that matters to you. I'm your host, Jasmine Lozano, and I'm so glad that you're here. Why don't you grab a cup of coffee or go for a run, clean out a closet, do a puzzle, do something that gives you life as you join me for a great conversation. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm actually posting this like a day late because we have had a busier than usual week, um, a wonderful week. But there was there were so many things happening this week that I just didn't have time to record anything. Um, we we have our normal life, our normal activities. My daughter's in gymnastics and my son is in Taekwondo and does drum lessons. But for the most part, like we don't do a lot of running around. We're home during the day doing school and life and all that kind of thing. But this week it was like every day there was something going on. And then my husband went out of town to a conference. And so he was gone from Wednesday to Saturday, which doesn't really affect like all the way what we do. But it just seemed like everything started piling up. Um, but we had a really, really great week. We started our um, homeschool co-op classes this week. And that's always just a wonderful time. We our, our co-op does them in like eight to nine week sessions. So we have like a fall session and then a winter slash spring session. Um, And so we started our new session and it was just, it was wonderful. I teach the middle school and high school choir. It's it's combined. And we just had a great time in that. And I also teach third through fifth grade gym, which is just a chance for me to be silly and go crazy with these kids. So we started that up on Thursday. And then yesterday, Friday, the, the primary reason I wasn't able to record was I was not home the entire day. So the first Friday of every month is our women's ministry at church. And I, I lead the women's ministry. And so I usually have to, you know, like prepare a message to speak. And we kind of, we do like potluck styles so that way. I don't have a ton to do other than just kind of, you know, open the church up and then we all go inside. But this month, my sister-in-law, um, I asked her to speak and I actually forgot she was going to speak. So it was such a, um, like just one less thing off of my mind for this, this month coming up. So she got everything prepared. She got everything together. And that was wonderful because my kids and I were actually filming a commercial all day yesterday. We left our house at like 830 in the morning and we did not get home till six o'clock at night. But my kids and I are going to be featured in a Goodwill commercial, which Goodwill is like one of my favorite stores. You know, this is not sponsored, but it could be one day. <laughs> but um, that's where I was all day yesterday. And it was amazing. And yes, if you're wondering, because last week I told you guys everything is school. We made it a school day. My son, my daughter, they learned about all the work it takes to put into a commercial. So these commercials we see for 15 seconds. Some of YouTube ads, five seconds, you know, 30 second commercials, they take hours and hours of filming. And in addition to the filming part, then they take hours and hours of editing. And so we got to talk a little bit about that. And we we stumbled upon this opportunity because a friend of um, 
a friend of ours, he that's this is what he does. He has a video recording business and he said, Hey, do you guys think you would want to do a commercial? And then when he said it was a goodwill, I'm like, listen, I'm already down with the mission. Yes, we're gonna do this. So we all that to say, I this is not a podcast about my acting debut in a Goodwill commercial. But uh, all that to say, it took up our entire day, but it was a great opportunity. We turned it into school um, and we we had an amazing day. So I'm recording today. Um, it's Saturday and I do plan to get this up today. So um, I hope you had a wonderful week since the last time we chatted. But as you can see from the title, today we're going to be talking about how we homeschool frugally, which I guess is fitting because we were at Goodwill yesterday. But I wanted to, um, I'll start with a very, very, very quick story because I'm already talking your ear off. But when I started um, running a couple years ago, I thought, okay, I need to lose a couple pounds. I don't want to pay for a gym membership because I don't really like leaving the house to go do stuff like at all. I don't like to grocery shop. I don't like, I just like being at the house. So I was like, I don't want to pay for a gym membership. So, um, you know, I don't want to pay for a boot camp. I was like, why don't I run? Cause running is free. Like you just put on your shoes and go outside and run. And I'm like, cool, done. So I got outside and I started running and you know, I'm running, things are going well. And then my, my shins, I started getting shin splints or like my shin was hurting when I would run. And I realized, Oh, like there's actually special shoes for runners that are they're more expensive, but they will help to protect your feet and your ankles and all these things. So I'm like, okay, cool. 150 bucks. I can invest that in some good shoes. And then I found out like, oh, I like to run with my phone and my capris don't have pockets. So I bought like a phone holder and then I bought like some capris with pockets. And then I found out I got a couple blisters and I'm like, oh, they make running socks. I got running socks. And so little by little, like all these expenses added up to something that I thought was going to be like really, really cheap, ended up costing more than I thought it would. By the end, like I ran a marathon a year and a half ago. At that point, like running that marathon cost us like a thousand dollars because we went out of town to do it. So we had to get a hotel room and we're eating out and we're doing stuff in the city. You pay for the race, all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I thought this was going to save me money. And so the same thing happens with a lot of people in homeschool that you're like, yes, we're homeschooling. We don't have to buy school clothes anymore or new shoes, you know, every year just because it's that time of year. We're not going to be paying for field trips or popcorn days and fundraisers or school lunches like we're going to we're going to be saving all this money but you learn very quickly that if you're not careful homeschooling can become very expensive because there are amazing things out there available for us to use as homeschoolers um there's all this great curriculum we can buy there's all these fun books and activities we can buy and manipulatives we can buy and don't even get me started on what you can find on Etsy like there's just so much cool stuff on there. And I mean, I'm on Etsy. I mean, go look at my shop. You know, <laughs> I do sell digital downloads on Etsy. They're pretty affordable. Bees and blessing. But, you know, I, there's just so much that you can buy. And if you're not careful, you can end up spending a lot of extra money think like not really intending to do so. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a natural list maker. So every time I share information, I usually like give things in lists of three or five or 10. So I'm trying really hard not to make everything like my top three, this, my top three, that, but I do want to share with you just a couple of ways that I've been able to homeschool a little bit more frugally. And I hope that they'll help you, especially if you're starting out, like it's so important not to just be like, Oh, new shiny thing, new shiny thing. I can buy this. I can, and just really kind of start small and see what's going to work for your homeschool. 
Because I know so many people who, you know, they just they just dive in head first and they go to Goodwill or they go to Target and they go to all these places and buy all these things that they think they need. And then when you sit down to do your work, you're like, um, we're not even using this or, you know, so I, I just hope that this list, or it's not really a list, but I hope that this conversation can help you see a couple of ways that we were able and are able to homeschool a little bit more frugally. And one way that we save money is I buy a box curriculum. And I know I talked about that in the last episode um, as a tip, as a, a beginning homeschooler. I really think that that was very helpful in us starting. But that really helps me not to have to buy a lot of different materials. So instead of having to buy like a separate, you know, penmanship book and then a separate reading list or reading material or then a separate book for grammar or whatever or a special a separate book for spelling because I buy this box curriculum everything I need in one place. So like our language books for instance when my daughter was in first grade when we started, her language books came with a set of readers that were that were, you know, paired up with her her work and in her work there was her penmanship and her um and grammar and spelling words all of that was in one place so i didn't have to go i didn't have to go from place to place trying to find all these different things it just it included everything and that was very helpful and really kind of cut back on costs and then also there are just so many different ways to get your curriculum you don't have to buy brand new curriculum. I don't typically recommend like, you know, we use this, so you should too, because it might not work for you. What we use does work for us. But, you know, there are always, there's Goodwill, there's half price books, there, there are places online where you can get a slightly used curriculum that aren't, that aren't expensive. But whatever way you choose to, you know, purchase your curriculum, one thing that I really, really recommend that helps to save money is don't switch it up like, midway through the year, like use it, use it all for a year. And if it's not working, see if there's a way that you can make it work for now. And then next year, try something new. I think I shared before that um, when we first started, my son began really struggling in history. And he just he didn't like it. Like there's so many dates and people and he was having a hard time just remembering things and just, you know, really liking the curriculum. So instead of just like, abandoning ship. I just put it aside. I said, we did five books this year. That's all we're going to do. And it gave me like the second half of the year to kind of revisit how I should be teaching him history. Um, Our books are meant to be used independently, but I also think like for me just to give my kids the books and be like, all right, go do them. Like that just, that wouldn't work for any of us. So there's some subjects that I do spend a little bit more time with them in history being one of them. And so I began to think about how my history teacher taught when I was like in high school and he made history so much fun that I even took a history class my senior year when I didn't have to, like I just wanted to be in his class. So I, I began to kind of pull from how he taught history. And the following year we picked up those same books that we put down and we finished them and history was great. And uh, we still use that curriculum now for history. And I'm glad that we didn't just abandon it and we just kind of revisited it and figured out how to make it work for us. So I'm, I'm really a big believer in using up like what you have before purchasing something new. And I, I even do this in life. And if you don't know, if I haven't shared, I consider myself a essentialist, which is kind of like minimalism, but like 
with a hug. <laughs> so it's not about not having anything or having a completely empty living room or whatever, but it's more about being more intentional about the things that you own and the things that you use and consume and just really making sure that you're, you, you know, you're not just living in excess all the time. And so like, I don't even buy a new shampoo until the old one's gone. I don't buy new soap until the next soap is gone. And it, th- this was hard for me because I am a bargain shopper. I love. I used to coupon like big, thick binder coupon and had, um, I remember at one point I had over like a hundred something rolls of toilet paper and like 20 something laundry detergents, which, you know, eventually I, you know, I, I would use up or I would give them away as they, as I needed to. But I really had to switch my mindset in that, you know, there's always going to be bargains around. And if I don't really need it right now, um, it's not a bargain for me. So I do that like not only in my house, but I also do it in my homeschool that we're going to use this up until we do something new. So that has been really helpful in helping us to um, save a little bit of money while we're homeschooling. Uh, the next thing that really helps is this is not for the faint of heart. And just please know that this is coming from, I'm a reader. My husband's a reader. Uh, my daughter's a reader. My son, um, we want him to be a reader, but that's just not his thing yet. Maybe it will be one day, but I love books. I love going to the bookstore. I love, you know, reading the newest books that come out, but we don't buy books. We do not buy books for our homeschool. Um, We check our books out from the library and I make like a little bookshelf or a little basket of library books. Um, And I, cause I like to get different books for different times of the year. You know, when school starts, I get a bunch of back to school books. I like getting fall books and Christmas books and new year books and all that. Like, I just love getting different books for everything, but I don't buy them. I check them out from the library. And if we like them, if we stumble upon a book that we just keep going back to and we're like, yes, we love this book, then I'll consider buying it for like a birthday or for Christmas or, you know, but I, I we just don't buy them because they are all at the library for free. Last year I read 30, no, sorry, that's my goal for this year. Last year, I think I read 26 or 27 books and any physical book that I read, it came from the library. Um, it's just, you know, that can really add up. If you're buying books every month for story time or different things, you can end up spending $40, $50, $60 alone a month on books when most of the time they're for free at the library. So we just go online and let's say we're learning about spring. It's February now and spring is getting ready to come in a couple weeks. Although here it's still going to feel like winter in Southeast Wisconsin, but I will go online and I'll just Google like books about spring or I'll watch a YouTube video and write down the recommended books. And then I just put all of those on hold at the library. And within a couple days, they're all available for me to go pick up. We ring our, we read our school, our spring books, and then we take them back. So um, that's one thing that we don't do is we don't buy books. And then speaking of the library, we also um, do a lot of free activities there. Uh, there again, there's there's just so many things we could put our kids in, and I would love to like I'm I'm that person. Like, I love I try different things, and my daughter's like that. She likes to try different things, but we really focus on trying to find free activities for our kids to do. So this past summer, I remember there was an acting camp. This like local like guild was putting on the camp for the kids, and it was like $129 per kid for three days. And I was like, okay, that's that's not that bad. But then I looked on the library's website and they had a three-day acting camp and it was absolutely free. So I said, you know what? Neither of my kids have expressed a huge interest in theater. Like they like going to see plays and all that and they make up little plays in their room. But, you know, none of the, neither one of them have been like, mom, can I be in a play? You know, so I was like, you know what? We're going to the library and we're gonna do this free camp. 
And it was amazing. They were there for a little over an hour every day. And I just sat to the side and, and um, brought a book or something. But, you know, we really focus on trying to find free activities for our kids. We do a lot of museums. We do a lot of library days. We do have, um, I asked my mom for a membership for Christmas for our family. So she gets us a membership to some type of museum, you know, different places. And we do things like that. Because if you just, if you pay for everything, it's going to add up. And we also, like, we don't do every single thing that our co-op offers. And they offer a lot of great things. They have a lot of field trips and different events. And we just don't do them all. Because, again, it can really start to add up. And it really helps us to homeschool frugally by just making that decision ahead of time. That we're just not going to do everything. And we've let our kids know this, too. Like, you're only going to do one extracurricular activity because my daughter's in gymnastics. She wants to do Taekwondo with her brother. She wants to play basketball at the Y. She wants to try softball when that comes up, but we're just, we're not going to pay for all those things. We're not like you could do one thing at a time. And, um, if, if you could find something else free to do, we'll consider it. But again, we're just, I really work to, to create those boundaries as uh, they're younger, because we have to create boundaries for our own lives, even as adults. That's something that we learn that we just can't say yes to everything we want all the time. And just like with anything else, you know, we have to decide what we're comfortable with as a family, as a homeschooling family. And maybe you are comfortable. You know, I know homeschool families where their their kids are in swim and they're also in gymnastics and they're in dance. And that's great if that's if that's what you've decided we want to do. Because some people do. They're like, we want to homeschool so our kids can do more of these things. Great. More power to you. Everyone has to do what works for their own family. But if you are at a point where you feel like, you know, you're spending a little bit uh, more money than you'd like to spend on your homeschool or you're doing a little bit too many activities or more activities than you had planned to do, this is just um, hopefully I hope uh, something that I hope will help you um you know, make any changes to your homeschool that you need to make. Um, you know, and I, I realize everyone's not frugal. Everyone's not naturally frugal. I just, I happen to be a very, very frugal person and have always been. And so this was something that has always been at the front of my mind. And the reason why I did this episode though, was I know people who want to spend less money. I know people who are kind of frustrated with how much they've spent in homeschooling. And I just thought like this would be very helpful. I know for me, it was helpful kind of that I already knew some of these things, but it, it, it's a good refresher too, because I'm not exempt from being tempted by the next new shiny thing, you know? So I get on Etsy and I, you know, I, I mentioned I sell homeschool printables on there, but I'll get on there and see stuff. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to buy that. Ooh, I want that chart or Ooh, I want that printout. And I've had to really, you know, rein myself back in by setting some of these some of these guidelines and some of these boundaries. And so I hope that this episode helped you. Um, Those are ways that we homeschool more frugally. If you want some more tips, I think I added a few extra things over at the blog, beesandblessing.family.blog. But I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week. I hope you enjoy this podcast and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to Bees and Blessing. You can read more inspiration and join the email list at beesandblessing.family.blog. And don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave a rating and a review to help others find the podcast. 
If you'd like to support this podcast, you can click the link in the description to choose a one-time or recurring option. Thank you so much again for being here. And remember, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. You are enough.